So welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. Um, and this week we have quite an interesting company, um, one that we have touched on briefly before, one that is creating quite a lot of interest in uh, the UK investment area and further afield. And that is uh, Supply at Me Capital. And on the show today, we have Alessandro Zamboni, who is the CEO, all the way from Italy. So uh, welcome, welcome to the Armchair Trader, Alessandro. Thank you, Stuart. There will be some people listening to this podcast who don't know the company. Um, I don't know whether you want to just give us um, a quick introduction to what you do and why it is uh, a revolutionary concept, certainly something that has interested us because it's it's not something we've come across before, but it is something that I think uh, has a lot of momentum to it and is going to be something we'll see a lot more of going forward. So can you give us a, a quick summary of the business and how it works? Yeah, sure. Thank you for your time, firstly. Yes, SupplyMe is a, a fintech initiative that uh, basically is a particular fintech because uh, in reality, SupplyMe uh, create a new product, create a new product uh, in a space of a working capital facility. In particular, you know that the market uh, now is focused on uh, trade receivables, supply chain financing, trade finance. Uh, Supplemi is different. Supplemi is focused on inventory. So the need of a business owner to free up uh, cash from their stock, selling the stock to the platform. And so the big point is that, the key point is that is not financing. So two big innovations. Firstly, the area that is not receivables or supply chain financing, but inventory. The second one is that it's not financing, it's a commercial facility. So for a client company, it's not a debt. And so could you give me an example of how a specific business would, would use your business to manage their inventory and, and make sure that they're using it effectively? We are working now uh, across several sectors. So we, our initiative is, is not only focused on a specific sector or specific product. And so an example could be that uh, a toys producer or toys trading company that basically buys uh, toys from China and then uh, distributes the toys uh, across uh, several uh, regions in Europe, um, actually as uh, the so named days in inventory. So the lapse of time that uh, a company has to manage before waiting the sales to the customer. And so uh, what can what can do a business owner, a company? Uh, once they buy the toys from China and the toys arrived in a warehouse of the company, the European company, the client company, the, the corporate can sell the, the, the toys, the goods to the platform, monetize through an invoice the sale, and wait and keep to, to continue the, the management of the physical possession of the toys, waiting the sales to the existing customer. So basically they advance the, the, the future sell because they sell firstly to the platform. They continue to manage the goods in, in their premises. And when they sell the inventory, the stock, the goods, the toys to the end customers, repurchase the toys from the platform. It's a flash 
repurchase in order to realign the, the, the facility. And the process continues uh, in the same manner. So in the perspective of the business owner, is an alternative to the equity injection because there are not in the market facilities that allow a business owner to sell their stock, their inventory to the party through an invoice. There are financing facilities but are very limited in the scope. So it's a revolution in a perspective of the, this toys manufacturing or toys trading company. Can you say what sort of... Um... What sort of companies you're working with? Are you working with any particular sectors, or is this um, does this have a very broad appeal as far as potential clients are concerned? Uh, yes, we we now we are working on uh, 16 sectors. Uh, we can see that we can say that we can we can't work in uh, non-ethical sectors like uh, uh, alcohol or other ethical non-ethical sectors where. Our investors, our inventory funders, uh, don't allow us, don't allow the platform to monetize. Uh, but the other hand, uh, we can work uh, uh, in uh, across among uh, uh, several different sectors, from parapharmaceutical, capital goods, metals, foods, uh, um, cons consumer staples. Uh, uh, livestock, I give you uh, the, the, the polls, uh, opposite polls, but uh, basically is, is there is a, a real uh, proof that uh, our, our mm, service uh, is helpful for several companies. And is it something that is used for companies that are trading across border or can this be used also by companies that are focused primarily on one particular national marketplace? Uh, we are. Uh, we can work with uh, also companies, companies that sell or are exporters or importers. Uh, the key point of the the product is the is that we monetize uh, inventories that are on premises of uh, the client company. And uh, since we we are seeing also opportunity to monetize the phase uh, uh, earlier, so when an inventory is in transit. Uh, is the reason because uh, we are closing the acquisition of uh, another fintech company based in Singapore. The name is Tradeflow Capital. In, in order to have basically an end-to-end -end inventory monetization service. Correct me if I'm wrong, but basically what you're talking about here is something that's a little bit similar in concept to the uh, original futures market, which dealt primarily with commodities. But in that in that market, again, there was an emphasis and still is an emphasis on having the actual physical commodities in a warehouse. And that futures contract is based on those physical commodities. Here, you're talking about doing something a little bit similar. But again, whatever the physical goods are, they've got to be sitting in one of that company's warehouses or on that company's facilities. Uh, yes, the revolution is that we can monetize not only commodities because uh, the market, uh, you know, investors, banks uh, are experienced uh, in uh, commodities because they consider commodities uh, a liquid asset. So with the secondary market, uh, the opportunity to hedge uh, the, the, the asset and so on. We, mm, our different uh, and revolutionary service uh, is uh, can monetize also illiquidity goods we are in for a period of illiquidity illiquidity investments and uh, we are we and supreme basically allow a company to monetize uh, also 
um, other type of goods, like uh, my example, toys, uh, wine, uh, parapharmaceutical goods, uh, metals, uh, livestock. Uh, uh, so all goods that basically in a old style commodity finance industry is considered and not liquid investment, not liquid asset. This, I mean, this sounds like an incredibly good idea. And when, when I was looking at the company more closely, I just wondered why a consortium of banks hasn't done this already. What, what, what has stopped, you know, the big banks in the trade finance space from getting involved in, in something like this or, or building something this, like this themselves? Yes, um, my background, uh, also my history, I'm an expert of banking regulation, banking processes. My background, uh, I worked uh, 20 years in an advisory company that uh, uh, improved uh, uh, risk management projects. So rating, credit rating project and, and similar. And uh, the, the key points for a bank is that there are two key points. The first is that the inventory is not a, a real eligible uh, collateral in the credit risk management models. So there is a penalty, like a penalty, uh, in order to use as collateral inventory. Second one uh, are all the very specialized processes that a bank uh, has to put in place in order to assess and monitor the inventory. Banks, uh, uh, as a, a legacy problem, need uh, now are managing the, the transformation plan, uh, digital plan, uh, focus on uh, payments, uh, maybe invoice receivables. Uh, and so the inventory is a very specialized area. I, I can spend you a couple of the figures. In Europe, there are near, a market of nearly 85 uh, 85 billion of euros of uh, related to receivables and uh, there are over 2000 players banks fintech platform and so on the inventory market is uh, over 2 trillion and uh, we are maybe four five players that can uh, basically fund the inventory from a client company this is a, an opportunity from uh, uh, one side but it's also the proof that it is a very specialized area. It is also our competitive advantage. Talking about supply chains, um, we've seen obviously a lot of supply chain disruption because of the pandemic. Uh, we've seen that impact directly on things like, for example, the semiconductor industry, um, the availability of laptops in the UK. I've seen a number of other areas where um, supply chains that we all got used to um, uh, are not working properly. Prices are being affected. Goods are not being made available. Do you think a solution like this um, is going to become more valuable now because companies are, are now aware of what can go wrong and how disruption to supply chains can potentially put uh, entire companies out of business? Yes, I think that uh, uh, now, as you know, there is a, a reshaping of the philosophy, the trajectory of a supply chain management. Uh, so we are moving from a just-in-time uh, approach to the just-in-case approach. So uh, the, we have, uh, obviously, we didn't establish Supplemi because we, we saw the, the, the COVID, but... Uh, uh, now we are seeing uh, uh, re uh, this really reshape because uh, 
uh, in a supply chain there are in particular specific uh, peer of the supply chain uh, that needed to increase their stock in order to allow the continuity the business continuity in favor of the a big buyer of the the, the, the anchor company of a supply chain so uh, I think that the, this our solution is um, has a, a great fit to the uh, current and uh, upcoming needs of a supply chain and is also the reason because uh, thanks to the also the Singapore acquisition we can offer an end-to-end uh, monetization service. I mean, with that kind of end-to-end specialization, is that something that you can also bring to bear on something like the commodities market, for example? I know that that is relatively liquid and relatively efficient, but as we've seen, for example, in the oil business, you know, even the oil business has had some some issues. But having said that, there are some areas of the commodities market that are, are, are a lot less efficient, as you say, more illiquid. Do you think that this this could be um, a solution for for those areas of the market as well? Uh, yes, I think that uh, firstly, a company that has to understand that uh, if uh, you use a supply monetization service, uh, they can uh, have no problem uh, related to the financial position or problem related to the uh, willingness to get more credit because we are not a bank. We Our facility is a commercial facility. So anyway, uh, our service uh, will be a competitor of the existing credit lines or documentary finance transactions or, or similar. Uh, secondly, uh, our expertise is uh, spreading because uh, uh, thanks to the Singapore trade flow capital acquisition, uh, our area of expertise will also cover the commodities. And so uh, we are, um, we can, the platform can uh, monetize uh, commodities uh, also through a typical scheme that uh, of trade finance transaction with the two players, so the supplier and the buyer or also a standalone monetization if a company has in its premises commodities of finished goods or raw materials. Can you tell us a little bit more about that acquisition and what that that brings to your business, the rationale behind it? We saw the, the opportunity to, as a, a sort of a sort of a end-to-end monetization services. So my view and also the view of our directors is that uh, uh, a company uh, has uh, two needs. One is uh, once uh, they purchase the inventory, the goods from their supplier, and we are on the typical trade finance or trade transaction, international transaction. And so they could need, the company could need uh, uh, to, to be funded in the first phase of their cash-to-cash cycle and then once the goods are arrived in the premises they need uh, to monetize uh, the days in inventory waiting the the, the sales to the existing customers and uh, we think that uh, if a platform can uh, support both phases has the opportunity to clinch agreement with uh, the client company also their supplier in order to have basically a competitive advantage to support uh, and to deliver the support the monetization of the two phases. Uh, initially, 
Supleni uh, was focused on uh, the inventories, inventories on premises. And uh, Trade Flow Capital, the name of the Singapore uh, fintech, is um, a focus on an inventory in transit. So the traditional trade finance transaction through a non-credit approach like Supply at Me. And so we saw a very great synergies in order to integrate, combine the two products. The, the other synergy is on the funding side. Since uh, 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 Tradeflow Capital has already a funding place, we saw also the opportunity to integrate, to use the existing fund, extend the existing fund via new compartments, and so has also an opportunity to foster a new asset class to the investment community. And this is obviously quite a, well, it's a bit of a departure for you because your your company started off in Italy and, and has, has grown up in Italy. Um, now there's, there's this uh, Singapore deal as well. Can you say a little bit more about what your geographic strategy is? Is it, is it that you're going to start dealing more with European companies or, or how, how do you see the, the company developing and expanding internationally over the next couple of years? We have to say that uh, the, um, we started in Italy, but uh, all the companies, uh, as you know, uh, are exporters. So uh, the, 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 our client companies, Italian client companies, uh, are exporters, so are involved in uh, international cross-border supply chain. Now, so we, we, we studied the product not only for Italian market, but we knew, uh, knew very well that uh, uh, the facility, the commercial facility, will be used uh, um, uh, for for several in favor of uh, several geographies. Now we have uh, in place uh, 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 several different uh, countries where the platform is operating: the the Italy country, UK, uh, Middle East, thanks to the IMAS uh, investment partnership. US and uh, we are seeing opportunity in other countries of Europe because the model is the same, is a high scalable. And thanks to the Singapore guys that we are going to acquire, we can extend, we can cover the last, uh, the last geography that is uh, East for East. So it's a, a global platform actually. Has, has Brexit been a, a factor for you at all? Has that had any impact on you? Because you have mentioned that you, you are now dealing with the UK quite a bit as well. Uh, and we, we studied and analysed the Brexit risk before the decision to move from Italian Italy to London as a, as a quarter, headquarters. And we, 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 now we think that we are not seeing a particular impact because actually the, the platform works with the segregated vehicles in each country and so there are not any cross-border constraints or cross-border problems. So if I have to buy, to purchase an inventory in UK, I use vehicles based in UK so that can gain traction from the existing regulation. Uh, I can say that uh, uh, there is also opportunities thanks to Brexit because uh, I hope that the UK, London, will be uh, more and more the fintech home and also 
new opportunities for a fintech to have, uh, for instance, a dedicated uh, listed compartment. I saw that uh, there are several initiatives uh, around this point. And so we hope that the Brexit, uh, the, paradoxically, will be an opportunity, an opportunity for our PLC listed company. You've mentioned um, previously in some of your, your communications to the market a captive bank operation. Is that that's not the same thing as the, the the Singaporean operation you mentioned already, or is that is that a separate side of the business? Yeah, it's, it's another another stream, another business stream of uh, our strategy. As uh, as I was saying, I'm an expert of banks, and uh, also um, being being an expert, I I think that the, a bank could be uh, could be specialized or become specialized in a specific product and. Uh, uh, you know that bank uh, now has problem that uh, they get cash at a lower, very lower cost, but they have problem to to fund to use the capital in the in uh, in specific uh, investments of or credit exposures. So we think that the supply me the platform uh, give an opportunity to a bank model, a traditional plain vanilla bank model to uh, spread the lower cost of funding. Uh, through a very interesting uh, uh, form of investment that are our uh, monetization nodes with underlying the inventories. And so we decide in, a, in partnership with Quadrivio Group, that is a Luxembourg leading uh, private equity fund, to uh, develop a captive, a captive bank or bank initiative that basically will be a bank related to the platform that will be a special a special pla, a special partner of the platform in order to allow the platform to have a, a fund at a lower cost and also to work alongside other global asset managers that now definitely want to invest to the platform through the platform so is a, a way to reduce the cost of funding is a way to give more trust more comfort to the global asset managers because you know that supply in the perspective of investor of a fund is a new asset class they that needed to manage a, a strong deep due diligence before any investment decision what you're saying is that if i was a fund manager the securitized inventory is in fact in itself um a different asset class i could invest in rather than just getting exposure by by buying shares in supply at me i could actually buy shares in 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 some inventory exactly the point as you know uh, that the market uh, also in a securitization market uh, has as underlying uh, receivables leasings mortgage credit card real estate but uh, you know that there are not any uh, securitization with uh, underlying the marketability of inventories so that the power that the performance of the platform that is supply me to purchase inventories, to monetize, and also to manage the opportunity to have a profit from this kind of inventory trading. So uh, in a perspective of, of investor, is an is a, a really new asset class. It's also quite interesting that uh, you have a Sharia strategy because this is, Islamic finance is, is something that we follow um, on the armchair trader from time to time. And I thought it was quite interesting that you have developed a Sharia strategy as well at relatively early stage in the company's history. This is usually something that many companies start looking at once they are 
much further down their their road of development if they're in the finance space. What was your what was your thinking about behind uh, launching that at, at this stage? Uh, I think that uh, talking about Sharia, uh, the Sharia platform, uh, our mission, since the demand of our service, as you can understand, is uh, uh, is huge, is uh, a growing uh, month by month. My mission and the mission of the directors is to find uh, a multi multi sources of funding and the Sharia. Is an opportunity to again to get uh, to create a, a sort of bridge between uh, client companies and Islamic finance in order to support the real economy. And um, day one, the, the, our our platform uh, actually was uh, already aligned to the Sharia principles. So because it's not financing, we don't ask any interest rate. We allow a company, a business owner, to outsource. Basically, they're uh, unsold risk. And so all these principles are fully aligned to the Sharia Islamic finance principles. And so we had the opportunity also through a suggestion of our Sharia funding specialist, that is a global uh, European bank, to adapt, to fit uh, in very simple way our um, platform to the Sharia principle, also using a very well-known uh scholar board and now we hope that uh, in the next months uh we can also uh promote officially to the islamic finance industry uh, again this new asset class of investment uh, and so achieve get more funds in order to fund our portfolio of companies basically this this sounds you know like you're definitely uh moving ahead with a very interesting and, and novel approach to uh, helping to finance uh, international trade in many respects. Is there anything else that you're able to tell us um, in terms of your future plans for the company? Uh, I know there's probably quite a bit that you aren't allowed to talk about, but it, if there's anything else you think possible investors might might want to hear about, um, that would be great. Yes, I think that uh, uh, we used the 2020 last year to create uh, the fundamentals, uh, all the strategic partnership in place. As you think, uh, you are thinking, I suppose, in, a, uh, in a less than 12 months, we created uh, a lot of uh, streams, partnership, synergies, uh, strategic uh, directions, and so on. And I think that the, the now is the time to deliver. Is the time to be concrete to generate revenues because now the platform generated the revenues thanks to the due diligence that uh, is also a great proof that companies uh, want our service and pay the due diligence fee but now investors shareholders or potential investors as to know that uh, we are on the delivery phase and we want to be concrete and to give the concrete uh, results of the investment made uh, last year. Well, thank you very much for uh, making time to come on the podcast. And uh, we will certainly be paying uh, close attention to the development in the company over the next uh, over the next year or so. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Armchair Trader podcast. 
to get uh, up-to-date commentary on what's happening in the share markets both in Europe and North America and our views on some of the emerging investment stories in the small cap space make sure you check out www.thearmchairtrader.com and sign up to our free daily newsletter.